The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, Pastor Tony Evans invites Christians in America to unite in prayer and action in turning a nation to God. It says they were calling on God and God says, but I'm not listening. And the reason I'm not listening is because you're not working out your prayers and bringing justice and righteousness and godliness into the society. Mm -hmm. So praying in private without impact in public becomes wasted conversation even with God. Wow. Life today. I'm James Robinson. Mike Bennett and I are thrilled to welcome Dr. Tony Evans. I am often asked by church leaders, national leaders, and people who are simply concerned about our future, about their families, about peace, about hope. And I say, if you want wise counsel, and I mean, I would say this to any of our nation's leaders, any representatives of the president, I'd like you to listen to Dr. Tony Evans. Because I believe if you listen to him, you're going to hear the heart of the Father. Because I think he expresses it. He's a great preacher, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. He's written a book, America Turning a Nation to God, Dr. Tony Evans. Would you welcome him to life today? Tony, you know I'm glad to have you. He's always glad to see Betty beside you. I want to know, do you remember... Now, can you look back about how many years you and I have been walking together, praying together about mutual concerns? About oh. how many years? Boy, I guess it's about 25. Mm. And I it's, think that's about it, right. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm. Would you agree that together as we've prayed, we've seen what we might consider supernatural and in some instances maybe some miraculous answer to those prayers? Well, I have certainly seen one, God use you in my life, my ministry, to do some very special things. I have seen what God has done through life today worldwide to impact his kingdom and spread his word. And then together, we've, we've been on some plane rides together. We visited Washington <laughs> together. And uh, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure and a joy to see what God does through that relationship that he's given us and that bond that we have. So I'm grateful for it. I count it an honor to sit by you and to pray with you as well as for you and to support you. Life Outreach has supported the urban alternative and the things God's put in his heart to put the arms of God around people right here at home. There's a special meeting in September. What's the exact date? It's September 21st. And that meeting is called? It's called The Gathering. The Gathering is a solemn assembly. A solemn assembly in Scripture was a sacred coming together of God's people to invite His manifest presence back into their midst because of their departure from Him and the repercussions that they were facing and the nation was facing because of their departure from God. And it's the first leg of a three-legged stool to uh, see if we can get America back on track again spiritually because if that doesn't happen, none of the other things will, uh, will accomplish what we are seeking and needing them to accomplish for the well-being of our nation. No person or candidate or party is going to make America great. Without God, we will not be great. We may not even see freedom sustained. Would you agree? Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, 
Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 3 to 6, really sums it up. It says, in those days, there was no true God, no teaching priest, and no law. It says, citizen rose up against citizen, city rose up against city, and nation rose up against nation. And then it says, for God troubled them with every kind of distress. Now, if God is your problem, only God is your solution. <laughs> and that solution won't land on Air Force One. He has been so marginalized from the culture that the vacuum has been filled with evil, unrighteousness, discord, disunity, and chaos. Until we get that right, everything else uh, uh, will be ineffective. And God will not skip the church house to fix the White House. Wow. And his that, people yeah. don't get his attention. But that doesn't excuse us and give us the right to opt out because we face a challenge. We still need to pray for whoever's there. We need to pray for the one we support to go there. Sadly, sometimes it's choosing the lesser of two that seem to be not so qualified. We don't necessarily need to call them the lesser of two evils, but there are some people and parties who seem to be sold out to the evil of destroying innocent, precious, unborn life as though that is a part of what they stand for. Wouldn't you question that as something that we would look at and say, how can you as a party or a people or even citizens be committed to something that sheds innocent blood? Well, the Bible is clear that true prayer does not lead to inertia. If you are really calling on God, it will manifest itself in how you're touching lives. In fact, in the uh, longest chapter in the Bible, Isaiah 58, on fasting and prayer, it says they were calling on God and God says, but I'm not listening. And the reason I'm not listening is because you're not working out your prayers and bringing justice and righteousness and godliness into the society. Mm -hmm. So praying in private without impact in public becomes wasted conversation, even with God. Wow, that's powerful. All right, the, the gathering, I, I, you and I were praying with, with church leaders. Would you agree that when we first started this praying, we had people coming in there to pray that had actually never come and been in the room together? And they actually were civil, like we wish the Congress would be. They actually behave like Jesus prayed they would. And we were asking God to show us what we need. And we all agree that we need the counsel of a Joseph or a Daniel, the major and minor prophets, but it needs to flow where people hear it, they're impacted by it, and where our nation's leaders hear it. Out of this, and I think you may have been the first person to bring it up, we need a solemn assembly. I mean, I mean, we really do need to rend our hearts, not our garments. We need to come before God to see him heal the land. And, and it just seems like there, there was a, a real serious interest that we call pastors and church leaders together for a day of prayer, focusing on what must happen in our nation. Is, is that the way you recall? Yes. Uh, you know, we, we came together, all of us burdened for the same thing, the, the declining uh, condition of the nation and the ineffectiveness of the church. And so in coming together, that was the first miracle, that people who, had, yeah, who the, weren't mm -hmm. coming together, who didn't come together, were now did come in the together. same room at the same time for the same burden, calling on the same God for the same outcome. <laughs> there you go. So, and, you know, uh, uh, John 17 is, is clear that God's glory shows up when we are one. That doesn't mean the same. It's oneness of purpose, not mm -hmm. sameness of persons. Right. And so as a result of that, we came up with this concept of the gathering. Phase one is the sacred solemn assembly. Solemn assemblies are all through scripture to get God back in the middle of this. Phase two is the movement from membership to discipleship. We've got a lot of folk claiming to be Christians who are not full-time 
functioning representatives of the kingdom of God. They're just part-time acknowledgers of the existence of God. Exactly and so right. what we need are full-time representatives. And so there will be this move to push discipleship. And the third leg of this stool will be to call on these uh, ministries locally to come together to do good works for the improvement of the community that they live in, work in, and minister to. Like Jeremiah 29, 7 says, seek the welfare of the city. So that we're not just viewed as complainers or as private petitioners from heaven, but as people who love people and in the name of our God, our faith and our commitment to him, demonstrate that love and good works. And when they can see our good works, Matthew 5, 16 says, they will see the Father at work through us and God will get the attention that he demands and deserves. You all say a big amen to that. Amen. Betty, when you listen to Cody, and, and I've told you many times, your prayers have moved me to be on my face before God. What, what, what do you sense and hear when you listen to this pastor and this great preacher talking about the importance of what he's just referenced. Well, I, as, as you mentioned earlier, Dr. Evans, about it, it's wonderful to be individually on our knees before God. But if we don't get out, up, up off our knees and go and come together and, and pray together and work together for the change that needs to come, and that's through, through God's leadership, then we're wasting. You know, we're not doing what we should should do. And this, to me, someone that, and I've, I have felt this in the last few years, just moments in my day, never really expecting or knowing what was going to come, I felt an urgency to fall on my knees and cry out to God for what's going on and taking place in our world today. And with a broken heart. And I feel like that's God placing that on my heart. And as, as a result of that, I'm excited about the gathering because it's a coming together of, of like heart and like minds to really cry out to God together. We should want to do that. We should want to not be say, oh, well, you don't believe this the way I do or I do this different. It's not a matter of being sa the sameness. It's being one together. Is that not right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the whole concept is that when God's people come together in unity without compromising the fundamentals, there's certain non-negotiables, yeah. you know, yeah. sure. but without compromising the fundamentals, there's a difference between membership and fellowship. Everybody can't be the member, members of the same thing, different church right. policy, different em polities, different emphases, but we can fellowship around our common faith. Yes. And in the gathering, we are fellowshipping around our common faith. From 12 to 3 in the afternoon, we're calling pastors and leaders to Dallas or to pick up the simulcast in their community with other pastors and leaders so God will hear from a nation of pastors and church leaders at the same time from 12 to 3. That night, we're asking churches to go back to their congregations and to have sacred gatherings, solemn assemblies with their membership. So in the afternoon, God will hear from one, one leadership group. At night, he'll hear from the church of Jesus Christ through the leaders leading their members. So God, will, God will, is obligated himself to pay close attention when the nation comes before him and when his people, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, call on him, that he will respond. And we will expect him to respond because he's promised to. We can just go hold him hostage to his word. <laughs> I believe we could see a miracle that would correct our perilous course if we would do exactly what this solemn assembly is calling for, what the Old Testament called us to, what Jesus commissioned us to. I believe we can see the blessings of God poured out on our land. And if they could build the walls and restore them in just over 50 days, I think we could at least correct our nations. 
terribly perilous course and get back on track. And I think it could happen more rapidly than people think. I, I, I love the word in the Bible, suddenly. Suddenly. <laughs> I mean, if he came out of nowhere and blew your mind. Yes, okay? sir. <laughs> but we must position ourselves. Sodom and Gomorrah, as wicked as they were, would have not been destroyed if Abraham could have found 10. Hmm. But the righteous couldn't be located, so yeah. God couldn't save the culture. Mm -hmm. Is God having a problem finding the righteous today? We got all these churches on all these corners with all these members, all these preachers, all these buildings, all these programs, and we still got all this mess. Maybe the righteous have become unlocatable. That's right. <laughs> and so uh, it's time for us to come together. Let's bring them out from undercover. Would you go. say to get them back on the lampstand to where they actually become a shining city? which that implies large numbers of lights standing sure. together and, and can't be hidden. Isn't that what we're praying for in the solemn assembly? And when we ask people to be with us, it will be at Gateway, where I happen to be a member and an elder, and our pastor, Robert Morris, has been one of the, the great leaders in this process. Yes, so it'll be there. And one of the reasons we put it there is we're trying to keep the overhead down. We'll have the people in leadership there, but then they can have this meeting all over America. All over America. You could have it in virtually every home where there's a believer that, as you said, could be located. Absolutely. And in every church where they would decide in their community to come together and pray, the whole nation here, just before we begin to choose leaders for the next years, and we need to choose wisely. Do you believe God will help us choose wisely? God has given us the authority and permission to influence him, to even change his mind. He was going to destroy Israel. And Moses said, God, you can't do that. That's going to embarrass your name before the heathen. And when he heard the prayer of Moses seeking his glory, the Bible says God repented and changed his mind. Mm -hmm. So by permission, we can influence his attitude toward America as we petition him based on his glory and our need. Wow. I love that. And I also love the fact that Jesus looks over Jerusalem that has refused the prophets, basically stoned them, put them out, ignored them. And he knows it's going to be level, desolation, and he overlooking Jerusalem with a broken heart offers the most glorious invitation for this city to come to him to the shelter and shadow of the Almighty like chicks to the wings of a hen. Now, if he would extend that over what he sees as being level, that glorious invitation, I feel like he's saying, I'm extending that to the free world. I'm extending it to America. I will heal the land, and that is exactly what we need. In the upcoming election, we need the will of God. Do you believe the church. I mean, this is to me, this is important. Should the church influence how people pray, how they think, how they act, how they vote, and should the impact of the church be strong enough and effective enough to impact our leaders in Washington if, and even change them? If the church doesn't do it, the church is not the church and it has failed in its mission. Absolutely. If we are not salt and light, to decaying meat and to dark places, then we're not being what we were redeemed to be and what we've been ordered to do by the great commission of Jesus Christ. So we become a failed institution and a failed people while we have our worship service. So when we don't protect and preserve the precious like salt, did in the time of Christ, he says it's good for what? Nothing. Nothing but Absolutely to be trampled not. under the feet of men. And you really may see your right to preach openly and freely and pray openly under the assault of men and trampled. Do you see that thrust against the church and even against preaching and ministry and people witnessing and testifying in public? The only reason that the definition of marriage has changed in America is a small group of people became unified around a common cause and has influenced changing something God set in motion. Mm -hmm. So if people 
can rebel against God and bring change, what do you think will happen when people who are submitted to God and get God's support can do in a culture in bringing change? Yeah. See, we, we, we made one mistake. You often hear people say, we're waiting on God, when really what's happening today is God is waiting on us. Absolutely he is. Absolutely. And there is not one thing God can't do and is not anxious to do, but he works through yielded vessels. He works through clay in the master's hand that is being shaped to look like Christ. We don't hide the glory. We reveal the glory. Christ in us is the hope of that glory. This is what I see us calling for in the solemn assembly. And I'm asking you, mark it down. And, and website, if people want to go and say, how do we learn the details and how we can be involved or how we can be a link, where do they go? You go to thegathering2016.com, thegathering2016.com. All right, you see it on the screen. I want you to start praying for that meeting. And you know, one of the things I said, we had a little discussion this week, and I said, I think we need to pray not only what needs to be prayed, but we need to pray that we become the answer to prayer. Absolutely. That many are praying all over the world and all over this country who feel forgotten and overlooked and needy. And the government and Washington and Pharaoh can't fix it. Only God can. God's our source, not Uncle Sam. God's the source. So if we call people back to God, I believe he can heal the land. I think that's what we're asking him to do. I believe, I want to believe with all my heart we're going to witness an outpouring of his glory and his grace on our land. Well, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ returning, we'd better get busy because this is our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and they're going to grow up in some kind of America. It better be the one that we're influenced and not the evil one is influencing yes. Yes. so that we can live in the freedom that God wants us to have as a nation, as a people, and most certainly as a church, which is under attack today. You want to say thanks to Dr. Tony Evans for his leadership. I know Sammy Rodriguez has joined with you as one of the leaders in this. Many of the great people that, you know, people would know these preachers. They would know these leaders. And we want people who sometimes you think if you're not known or you don't have a huge church, you're not important. What's happening that's positive could have been birthed by some of the smallest prayer groups. Let me just say right there on the screen, you see the website. Go there, get the invitation, I mean, the information, get involved, find ways to connect, but also if you can possibly come here, why don't you suggest that your church pay your pastor's way here on the 21st? Spend the day with us and these leaders seeking God in behalf of our nation, in behalf of freedom and our family and our future, because this is such an important time. Dr. Evans, thank you. Here you can get it in the bookstores. It is great. America turning a nation to God. I've written the book, The Stream. Tony endorsed the book. We always encourage one another. Absolutely. And I want to thank you. I'm glad we walk together as brothers in Christ. Thank you for Tony, one of the things our viewers like as much as anything is, is drilling water wells. Mm -hmm. And right now, we're going to ask our viewers to look in. Here's a situation where a woman lost to unclean water seven children. My. I want you to watch this prayerfully, please, please, because we do have the answer and we can offer it right now. She moved so slowly. No, she hardly moved at all. And no tears fell because that well had run dry. While no picture of health, Rowan has been drained of life, the kind of life found in your role as a mother. Death came. It took from Rowan, but then it took again and again and again. 
In this heat, the average person can survive only a few days without water. And though this water might extend the life, it eventually takes it, especially children, because their immune systems are too weak for that fight. Trauma has taken its toll. But because the water which took her children is still their only source, Rowan knows that unless something is done to provide clean water, at any moment, she could lose all that remains. Lord, heal her broken heart. Let us together be the solution her heart cries out for. In Jesus' name, we can give her hope. Betty, when you see that, and you're such a loving mother and grandmother, what goes on in your heart? Wow. <laughs> it's hard to express what you might feel as you hear her story. I can't even imagine the pain and the hurt that she and the sadness that she feels. And to know that possibly she could lose the rest of her 12 children, that already seven gone. The, the hurt, she says, I, feel, I think she feels so dry and so lonely inside. We want to change that for her because, you see, there could be a difference made to where she doesn't lose any more children if we can get the clean water to them in time. We can drill those water wells. We can be a part of showing her that someone, especially God, loves her and that he cares about her children and he wants to provide through us. Let's be that vessel that God uses. Let's reach out and join hands together and let's drill the water wells for the children. You know, we're praying that God will heal our land and our hearts. And I really do believe that God uses us as witnesses of his witnesses of who he is and his nature and what love. Jesus expressed to us to give us life. We have an opportunity to literally save children like the ones she lost and those she's praying to be able to keep. We are together the miracle that woman's heart longs for. Right now, we're in the process of drilling 500 water wells. We have to have the resources to complete the goal. We've located the places. We've had the missionaries tell us we do have an issue. We have to add another drilling rig. And that rig is $380,000, which means to drill the 500 wells, and they're 4,800 each, and we drill them one well at a time. There are individuals like you and couples, sometimes a small business or a church or a Bible study group will drill a well. Many times a person will say, well, I can't give that, but I can give 1,200 and I'll pray three join me. You give 2,400, pray another joins you. 
Most of the support, though, comes from people who give $48. That drills wells for 10 people for the rest of their life. So when you give to drill a well or a part of a well, you're making a gift that keeps on giving for the rest of those people's lives. Would you right now go to lifetoday.org, take your bank card and make the gift God put on your heart? Would you do that? Or would you dial the number and use that card like a check? If you write a check, make it to life, but tell us you're mailing it. And then keep this in mind, because, I mean, this is big. 380000 I found myself praying, God, let some people make a large gift. M- maybe fifty or 100000 or 10000 I believe there are many who can give 1000 You know what you can do. We've got the goal. The people have the need. We have the answer. We are actually a part of the answer. The answer to the prayer of that woman, to the heart crying need of so many lifetoday.org, or dial that number. Thank you for making the gift. We have some gifts to send you to express our gratitude and help you in your spiritual life. Thanks for responding. Every day, children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven demonstrations of God's love today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 and $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. Additionally, just over $378,000 is needed to replace an old and failing drilling rig in Africa. Please consider an additional gift of $100 or more to get a desperately needed new rig in place as soon as possible. With your gift, we'll send you The Stream, a powerful new book by James Robison that charts a clear path for your personal revival and a spiritual revolution. With your gift of $100 or more, please request the Promises of God coffee mugs. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, in behalf of that precious mother you saw, thank you. And Betty, I thought you shared that so well. The stream we're sending to you to bless you, to pray for the outpouring of God's mercy on this nation, what we talked about with Dr. Evans today. Any gift you make, ask for the stream. I hope you'll encourage others to get it, and pastors to encourage their churches to do it. Here's Tony Evans' book. Both of us have a heart that beats for the healing of the land. And we will also send you, if you'd like to have Dr. Evans' book, it's in the bookstores. Get it online, but we'll send it to say thanks if you help us drill a water well. And I want all of you in the audience to join us in saying thanks to one of our best friends, Dr. Tony Evans. Thank you. I look forward to praying with you from now until the gathering. September 21st, see you then.
Tomorrow on Life Today, James and Betty introduce a powerful new book that charts a clear path for your personal revival and a spiritual revolution. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.